Please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11. This will be the last session. <laughs> I, I, I didn't promise it last week. This week I'm promising. Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I notice he says, I will. It's not a maybe, it's not a might. And he says, then take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Remember again, the word gentle means meek. Lowly meant humble in heart. And he said, and you will find rest for your souls. We went last time and looked at, and I'm not looking at anything, I'm not doing any recaps, okay? <laughs> okay, I got enough today to get through. But remember again, the type of teacher Jesus is. He is, he is meek, he is gentle, he is humble, he is not harsh. And I, I read uh, com- uh, the commentary from William MacDonald that says, in contrast to the Pharisees who were harsh and proud, the true teacher Jesus is gentle, meek, and humble. And that's what, I, that's what made Jesus so wonderful to be around. And he is wonderful to be around. Amen? And, uh, you know, he was never critical or judgmental, but always loving and compassionate, always humble in heart to all those who needed it. And uh, why he went on to say at the end of that verse, and you will find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. You know, these are just healing words, aren't they? Just rest for your souls. Uh, in other words, everything you learn from this gentle, loving teacher will bring rest to and for your soul. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. I want to show you something. Leon Morris says, those who bear Christ's yoke know rest at the center of their being. Let me read that again. Those who bear Christ's yoke, remember he, t- he said, take my yoke upon you? Those who bear Christ's yoke know rest at the center of their being. That's at the very heart of your being. He says, they do not worry and fuss about what they are doing. They have rest now and eternal rest in the hereafter. So I want you to notice something here that uh, you know, I think is r- tremendous, and that is that inner peace, that inner rest that is at the center of your being. If you are rested at your center at your core, then nothing around you will concern you. Amen. You know, you can have all sorts of things happening around you, but if you are at rest on the inside, I know so many people that you know, even when it's quiet on the outside, they've got a storm going on on the inside. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're the furthest thing from rest, and you can tell by the way they talk. You know, they're always uptight. Who knows what I'm talking about? No, don't. Okay, so, but you know, you know those kind of people that you just, it, it's not restful to be around them. I'm sure you know people like that. And this is what this is talking about. It's that kind of rest that, you know, you, wherever you go, you bring rest. Wherever you go, people can relax around you. You need to be one of those people that people can find rest because remember, you are carrying. The, the, the anointing of God and the presence of God wherever you go. And so much of the time, you know, I, I've, I, I've said this in the past, we're trying to minister the gospel to people by what we say instead of by who we are. That's right. People need to see us for who we are, and people need to see something different about us. And they, they, you know, when they long for that, that's when you can minister. 
But if you are a bad advertisement to God, <laughs> okay, if you are freaking out all the time, nobody wants to be that. They've already got that in their life. They don't need to add you to that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Okay. All right. Hebrews. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't finish with this. Sorry. Uh, notice two things again here. He says, let me just read the whole thing. He says, those who bear Christ's yoke, no rest at the center of their being. They do not worry and fuss about what they are doing. This is one of the things we're going to be looking at today as well. All right, that you're not concerned about everything that you're doing. You're not trying to impress people around you. He says they have rest now and eternal rest in the hereafter. We need to make sure that our concern is about what God sees, not what people see necessarily. Are you all with me? Now, don't freak out and do crazy things, okay, because God sees that as well. I, I have seen people that, you know, they... People use this terminology, you know, they're so spiritual, they're no earthly good. Sweetheart, if you're that spiritual, you're no spiritually good either. It, it's, it, you know, what is that? Amen. Yeah, these are bad things. Anyway, so back to Hebrews. Let me read here. I need to get through this. Hebrews chapter 4. I want to begin reading in, verses, uh, in verse 2. You know what, I, before I do this, because this relates to something else, I was hesitant to read this before, bring this out, uh, because it actually deals with the children of Israel. Remember when they were, pro, the, you know, they were meant to go into the promised land, and then they said, we can't do it, and they were disobedient? Remember that? Okay. Um, this is relating to that. But I want you to, uh, let's go to verse 10. I want to show you that it does relate to us. And then we'll go back to verse 2. Otherwise, your brain is going to be over there. Okay. <laughs> right. So let's jump down to verse 10 for a minute. Okay, we'll get back to it. But just so you understand this in context, it says in verse 10, For all who enter into God's rest will find rest from their labors. You can't just take this and say, well, that was just for the Israelites not going to the promised land. Because that was a war on. Okay, They had to go into a place, hostile territory. But I want you to see something. There is something else. The book of Hebrews is in the New Testament. It's for us. Can I get an amen on that one? Okay. So now let's go back to verse 2. Okay. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 says, For this, uh, again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Do we have that or we don't have it? Oh, just listen. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Do the best you can. Listen over here otherwise. Okay. All right. I picked the translations on purpose. All right. Because... They, they, they bring different aspects of the verse out, and sometimes for the sake of clarity, and there's no one translation I, you know, that I'll say is the best. The only one I'll say the best is are the originals. Okay, but nobody can read Greek and Hebrew and all that stuff, so we're in trouble. All right, so we can't use what we have. All right? So I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says here, for this good news, that God has prepared a place of rest, has been announced to us, that's in the New Testament, just as it was to them. Those are the Israelites in the Old Testament, okay? But it did them no good because they didn't believe what God told them. Now, I want to pause there for a minute. I want you to notice that this rest is based on faith. Did you get that? You know, that's why it is impossible to please God without faith. Because everything is received by faith. Even our rest is by faith. Verse 3, for only we who believe 
can enter his place of rest. Only we who believe, only those who have faith can enter this rest. Are you all with me? As for those who didn't believe, God said, in my anger, I made a vow. Now we can understand why he's saying this, okay? Uh, That they will never uh, enter my place of rest. Even though his place of rest has uh, has been ready since he made the world. That rest was always there. Isn't this interesting? So, notice again that this is a rest that requires faith. And in this case, what the Lord said, see, you need to believe what God has said. All right? And in this case, we're, what we're believing and what we're looking at is Matthew eleven twenty eight, where Jesus said, come to him. Amen? And then he said, learn from him. Because he said, that's where the rest of God is. Are you all with me? Amen? And so from Hebrews, now we find that this rest is God's promise to us. This is a promise to us. You know, if we are not in rest, then we're missing one of the promises of God. Let's receive that, shall we? Amen? Don't wait till you get to heaven. You need it now. People always say, when I get to heaven, why? You don't need it there. <laughs> okay? Dude, you need it here. This is where the problems are. <laughs> right? Okay. But notice again, but only to those who are obedient to God's voice and have not hardened their hearts against him. All right? Let's read on. That's why Jesus says, learn. People with hard hearts don't learn. You know what I'm trying to say? All right, verse 6. Let's go to verse 6. Hebrews 4, 6. For God's rest is there for people to enter. God's rest is there for people to enter. All right, that, it is up to you to enter. You know, when you came into church today, you, you had to come in. That's right. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. <laughs> that was a choice you made. And thank you for coming today. All right? But that's a choice you make. But for those who formerly heard the good news, referring to the children of Israel, failed to enter because they disobeyed God. See, now this is, it, it, we are seeing something here. We're seeing obedience is needed in order to, to uh, come into the rest of God. Disobedience keeps you out. Let's continue. Verse 7. So God set another time for entering his place of rest, and that time is today. That's the New Testament, okay? God announced this through David a long time later in the, in the words already quoted. Today you must listen to his voice. Don't harden your hearts against him. Verse 8. This new place of rest was not the land of Canaan. Did you hear that? Okay, so we're not talking about that back then. He says where Joshua led them, if it had been, God would not have spoken later about another day of rest. So he's saying that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something for today, for right now. Okay? Verse 9, so there is, I love this, a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Now, if somebody jumps up and says, that's the Sabbath. No, you can't have Sabbath every day. This is a special rest that is there for you every day. Amen? And verse 10, now we get to verse 10. He says, for all who enter into God's rest will find rest from their labors. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you see the rest that God's giving you? Oh, hallelujah. Family, can I just say this? You know, those that don't experience this rest, medically, okay, you wreck your immune system. Seriously, the more stress you put on your body, the le- less it can fight things off. 
Because you weren't designed for that. You're short-circuiting the whole system. That's why God says, you need to cast your care on me. Don't carry it because I didn't design you to carry the thing. Are you all with me? And so that's the reason why, you know, everything that I do here is to try and get these truths to you so that you can walk not only in the truth of them, but in the power of them as well. See, when you receive this and you begin to rest, you find that you gain a greater connection with God. And as you gain that connection with God, then you begin to receive from God His strength and His peace and His wisdom and all the things, all His grace, whatever it is that you need in order to manage whatever you're dealing with and to overcome everything. Hallelujah. And you can't do it when you're panicking. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Okay. This only happens when you rest. When you are at rest, you are at your best. That's right. That's a saying. We should write that down somewhere. <laughs> Somebody put that on the... Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, that just happened now. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, when it's God, it's God. But that's the truth. You know, you are, you are at your worst when you're panicking. I can tell you. I've had lots of experience. <laughs> okay. You know, and I... You know, some people do great in stressful times, but that's not because they panic. Because they switch on to such a degree, they almost go into a place of rest and calm and start to manage things and start to do things. Sometimes, you know, when the, the, the more stressed the environment, the happier they are. See, that's, the, that's it. You're happy. If that's what makes you happy, hallelujah. But some people don't do well in that. It, you know, it goes the other way. You need to know what, what works for you, okay? <laughs> just, just figure that out. And, and that's a whole other series, but not today. All right, so <laughs> that's why I understand. See, that's why I don't tell everybody to do the same thing. Because you are all different. Every one of you have different gifts and abilities. Hallelujah. So you need to find where that rest is for you. All right, so, but I want you to notice here again. It says, for all who enter God's rest will find rest from their labors just as God rested after creating the world. So I want you to notice it's, it's, it's a, this is not a rest. See, God didn't rest because he was really tired. You know, it was like, <sighs> created the world. Oh, I was huge, you know, okay? wasn't like that. When you are finished with something, you're finished. Okay, that's your place of rest. And that's really the kind of rest that you need to get to. Not have things hanging, but finish things. The rest that, that God wants you to have is a rest that comes because you finish something. Because it's finished, it's done. And that's the thing that God promises, that if He gets involved in your business, then He will make sure that it gets done. It won't be left half done somewhere. And if you miss something, he'll let you know. You know, that's something about God, and I thank God for that. You know, we all miss things. Hello, can I, I put, oh, okay, two people, two people miss things. All right, all the rest of you are perfect. No, no, that's three, okay, we got three. Going for four, going for four, okay, we got four now. No, no, listen, it's, it's human nature, we miss things. All of us miss things, you know. And thank God for First John 1, 9, you know, if we confess our sins. But that's something you need to do. You know, if you miss something, confess it. Some people don't let go of stuff. Some people make excuses for things. And so they're carrying something that causes them grief down the line. And it takes away their rest. 
Are you all with me? And we need to learn not to do that, family. Hallelujah. All right, back to this. Verse 11, it says, Let us do our best to enter that place of rest. For anyone who disobeys God, as the people of Israel did, will fall. So I want you to notice, he's saying it is up to you. Notice disobedience comes up, which means obedience is on the other side. Amen? Whoever obeyed, got in. Whoever disobeyed, didn't. We are today in the same place. You know, whatever, whenever God tells us to do something, we need to be obedient. Now, you know, with ministry, for example, we're, we're starting to take a whole other direction. Hallelujah. Okay, <laughs> he says sarcastically. But, you know, no. it's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of work. Um, but it's time. It's time that we went the next stage. Are you all with me? And, you know, God has been so gracious in bringing oh, so much to me to help us to get there. It's, it means a lot more work on my side. I have got to do a lot of work. And I've just been up days and nights and everything else trying to get it all done. And we will get there. But see, I had, there's a rest there because I know that's what God called me to do. That's what I've been commissioned to do. If I said, well, you know, Lord, I'm getting to my 60s now, and, you know, this is the time I rest, as in, you know, retire, and uh, forget about it. You don't do that in God. <laughs> Joshua at about 85 says, give me the next mountain. No. I'll go beat him with my wheelchair if I have to. <laughs> he wasn't in the wheelchair. Okay, but, you know, that's the mentality we have. That's the way we need to be. You know, I mean, we're, we're running until we get raptured. We, you know, we should never slow down as Christians. Seriously. I, I don't know how ministers retire. I don't get it. I think retire and do what? <laughs> what else is there? You stop working and you die? You know, like you just, you seriously. It's, it, I don't ever want to do that. I want to keep doing something. Make sure you keep active. There's always something else to do. Boy, while you're here, Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. All right. So, <laughs> oh, how much time do I have? Because I, I will finish this. Okay, 10 minutes. We can do this. We can do this. Okay. So, <clears throat> I've said here again, so much could be said here, but for the sake of our study, note the first, notice firstly that there is a special rest waiting for us that is specifically a rest from our labors. Secondly, notice that it is up to us to do our best to enter that place of rest. And to do our best is to go to Jesus and do as he says and not rebel against him. Amen? Okay, further to this, um, everything that we've discussed. In his commentary, William MacDonald brings something else out which I really loved. He says that the rest that Christ offers is the rest that one experiences in the service of Christ when he stops trying to be great. Ooh. Ah, stop there, pause for effect. Can I read it again? I'm reading it again. He says, the rest that Christ offers is the rest that one experiences in the service of Christ when he stops or, he or she stops trying to be great. Do you know, we need to be careful that we're not performing for the world all the time. Now, let me just clarify that a little bit. Okay, when, when you're at work, don't think, well, I'm not going to perform for the world because pastors that don't perform for the world. Hey, wait, 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 wait. I didn't mean that, <laughs> okay? 
you do everything as unto the Lord. When you're at work, how would you work for the Lord if he was your boss? You know, he sees everything. You all know that, right? He sees when nobody else sees. Hello. When your boss ain't looking and everybody's having morning tea for about three hours, he sees that. Are you all with me? You know, what we are meant to do is work as unto the Lord. Everything that we do is meant to be as unto the Lord. Knowing that if we do the right thing, even if nobody sees, God is seeing and God will reward. Are you all with me? And you know, God will be, won't be a debtor to any person. You'll never get to heaven and say, God, I worked really hard. I did all of these things. For what? You know, the other guy slacked off. He'd take three-hour tea breaks, work for 15 minutes while the bus is working, got all the promotions. Will never happen. And if it does, you shouldn't be in that company anyway because, you know, I won't say anything else. All right, <laughs> you know, and he'll find you the right place. Amen. Understand something. When we're talking about doing your best, you do your best for God. Everything that I do, see... You know, I'm a person that I don't have a boss over me. I got God, that's it. It's really easy for me to kind of have very long tea breaks. <laughs> Hello, who's to say? Seriously, <laughs> okay? Do you know the anointing that I have here is because, because I work as unto Him. Everything that I did, even at work when I was in the world, was as unto Him. I did my best. People would get upset with me because I did my best. They'd go, you're making us all look bad. They're going to expect more from us. I said to them, you should expect more from yourself. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> people are looking to be lazy however they can. Have you noticed that? Never mind. Anyway, but that, that's the thing, man. But if you work as unto the Lord, then you know he's watching and he will promote you. And that's what we need. Amen? We need to know who we're working for. And can I just say this? If you have the right heart and the right attitude, people will know this. A favor of God will come on you. Anyway, back to this. <clears throat> so here is something else. Let, let me just read this, okay? Because I've got a scripture attached to it. Here is something else that causes us great unrest, and that is always worrying about the way the world sees you instead of the way God sees you. Make sure that you never compromise your rest just to impress the world. The Apostle John understood this only too well when he said in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 17, he said, and the world is passing away. Literally, its days are numbered. Okay, it's passing away. And he said, and the lust of it, that is the strong desire to try and impress everyone. Do you know lust is just a strong desire? You all know that, right? Okay, all right. Okay, and don't just think of, you know, everybody thinks, you know, I, you know what you're thinking. All right. <laughs> I'm going to explain it. No, 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 lying. Okay, so, so again, he says, and the world is passing when the last of it, he says, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Hallelujah. You know, one of the great theologians that was just a theologian, but actually did the will of God, you know, he was one of those James theologians, you know. You, 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 you tell me about your faith, but what you're talking about, but I'll, I'll show you my faith of what I do. You know one of those ones? Yeah, yeah. You know, and on his tombstone, he had this written. He who does the will of God abides forever. Isn't that beautiful? 
Amen. Anyway, continuing on to Matthew chapter 11, verse 30. Let's finish this. Jesus concludes by saying to all who choose to come to him and listen to him and learn from him and rest in him, that they have, this is what they have to look forward to, and that is an easy yoke and a light burden. He says there, verse 30, for my yoke is easy. Notice there is a yoke. You know, this isn't about a life that has nothing attached to it. It isn't a life that you do nothing with. You do a great deal. But I want you to notice, he says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Let me, let me tell you what the, all that means. Robert H. Mount, in his commentary, says that Christ's yoke and burden refers to a way of life characterized by gentleness and humility. Let me stop there. It is a way of life characterized by gentleness and humility. Let's stop there for a minute. Is your life characterized by gentleness and humility? We need to learn to be that way, family. You know, I know we're driven, okay? And I know we want to get from A to B. And sometimes, you know, we're so focused on our goal that we kind of knock over a few, you know, cones. You know those those traffic cones? They're people, okay, along the way. Because they're kind of just in the way. And we need to be careful we don't do that. Because that is our ministry. That is what's important. It's not getting from A to B. It's what, how are you getting from A to B? Amen? He says it's a way of life characterized by gentleness and humility. It is light in that it is not obedience to external commandments, but loyalty to a person. Now, this is really, really important. He says again, it is not obedience to external commandments, all right, but loyalty to a person. In other words, everything that we do isn't because, well, thus saith the book. I have to do it. The word that we're looking for is legalism, okay? See, notice the difference here. And there are people out there that are very legalistic. Who knows what I'm talking about? Okay, and and I've, I've seen them, man. They're just... I, I, I can't stand around people like that. I just can't. It is a spirit that it just drives me crazy. Okay? I, I won't say anymore. Uh, but, you know, th- and that's wrong. That kind of legalistic attitude puts people in bondage. But I want you to notice something. I'm going to show you the other side of this. The, he, he says here again, it is not obedience to external commandments, but loyalty to a person. See, this is what it's all about. It's about loyalty to Christ, loyalty to God. It is about you having a relationship with God. It is about you doing everything because you love Him. Let me use a marriage sort of thing as an example. I hate using my life and things as examples, but sometimes I have to. This is one of those times I need to do this, all right? I I, I used to go to a church, and I won't tell you which one. Okay, where, you know, the, the, the pastor of the church would say things like, well, you know, you have to love your wife and you got to buy her flowers and you got to do all this stuff. And I would sit there and, and just choke on that. I said, I don't got to love my wife. I do love her. I don't have to. It's something I already do. And I don't have to buy her flowers because I want to. And there's a difference between have to and want to. Are you all with me? 
One's legalistic. One's because, well, bless God, rah, 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 rah. And the other one is, I want to do this stuff. God loves a cheerful giver. You're with me. Now, should I give her flowers? Am I going to say, well, bless God, you know, I don't have to give her flowers. I'm not legalistic. She's going to look at me and go, you don't love me? Because that's what you're saying. And it's not... It, it's, it's worse if I go, here, have some flowers because i got to buy you flowers at the end of the month. And I, I want to I show you something here, okay? Would you like that? I wouldn't. And then people like that are shocked, shocked that their wife left them. I'm like, dude, really? You're shocked? <laughs> okay? All right. We're not doing marriage seminar right now, so I'm going to get off of that. But I, I need you to see something here. I need you to understand the difference between have to and want to. The difference between legalism and love. Are you all with me? Amen? And so this is what we're talking about. I, I would need you to see something here. When he says, it says it is light in that it is not obedience to external commandments, but loyalty to a person. That's how we need to approach this. He's saying, you need to look at me. Don't look at all the things you have to do. Look at me. Let me inspire you. Amen? Because one of the things that... Remember, he's a gentle and humble teacher. One of the things that I love about the Lord is... He, he's just so lovely. <laughs> okay? I just love him because he's so wonderful. And he's always encouraging me. That's why I encourage all of you. Because I get encouraged by him constantly. And that's why I want to do everything for him. That's why I don't clock off at 5 o'clock and try to have a long tea break. I, I need you to see something. I work because I love to do this. I love him and what I do is out of love. And that's what he says to all of us. Whatever I ask you to do, do it because you love me, not because you're feeling like you have to do something. See, that's where the labor and the heavy laden is. Are you getting this now? Okay, whereas when you look at him, things become easy. Amen. All right. I got to get all this to you now. This is it. This is the end. <laughs> okay. In other words, Jesus calls for an open, free, and loyal relationship, which enables obedience to true godly righteousness. It enables obedience. Do you understand? Because you want to do it. You're not forced to. You want to. All right. In fact, in his commentary, Leon Morris says that Jesus Christ's yoke now is easy, signifying what is good and pleasant. He does not call people to a burdensome and warring existence. The word for burden is diminutive, which means tiny, okay? Which helps bring out the thought that his service, that is what he calls you to, is pleasant. Jesus is not calling people to lives of careless ease, but it is service for which they will be glad. It will be a delight, not a painful drudgery. Are you getting all of this? Okay, so it is something that inspires you. It is something that causes you to be happy. Hallelujah. You know, I'm, <laughs> saddens me how people go to work in the morning and they like, oh dear God, blue Monday. I don't know what that is. My Monday and Tuesday look the same. 
<laughs> okay? I don't have Blue Sunday either, okay? <laughs> Hello. All right. Okay. You know, it's, it's an exciting life. You need to be excited. You need to be happy. No, we're not always, you know, feeling at the top of the world. I get that. Some days I wake up and, oh, dear God, <laughs> you know, not praise God, it's dear God, you know. It's just like, what happened? But, you know, but, but that's, that's how you start. You can encourage yourself. You need to learn how to do that. Just because you don't feel well doesn't mean that God's having a bad day. If we can draw from Him His strength and His peace and His rest, can I just say this, things will begin to change on the inside of you and cause you to have a smile on your face on the outside. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. The word for burden, again, was diminutive. Remember, again, it brings out this thought that he calls you to what is pleasant. And remember, it is not careless ease, okay? We need to remember these things because a lot of times people have this mentality of, oh, when I find the Lord, I'll just stop trying. And, you know, they have this mentality of they just give up because they've been told to, you know, they always say, surrender, surrender, surrender what? Surrender doesn't mean you don't do anything. (laughs) You're with me. Surrender is more about you not trying to do things your way. He's saying, let go of that and let's see what the two of us can do. Because he will get you doing things that you thought were impossible for you to do. People, you know, this is what really turned me off, God, when I first... I, I got a minute here. I'm sorry. Just let me share this with you very quickly. I think it's important. Do you know, I didn't want to follow God because I was too driven. And all my Christian friends were like little wet rags. You know, they kind of, uh, they surrendered to God. And it's all about surrender. And don't do nothing because you're surrendering. I thought, dude, I have a life. I did not realize that what they were doing, there was disobedience. Because God, when, as soon as you link up with Him, He's got a lot of stuff He wants to talk to you about. For we are His workmanship, Ephesians 2.10, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Not just to surrender and do nothing. Which it says He planned beforehand. So He was banking on you, receiving Him as Lord. And as soon as you made Him Lord, He had a plan for you. And depend on when it was, we might have to get a move on it now because it took you like 30 years to get here. Hello, okay? So, you know, we just had to put some shoes on this and get going. And that's the thing. And when I realized that that was it, and when I realized that this was the greatest adventure I could embark on, this wasn't a life of doing nothing. This was a life of, I don't think we can do that. And God going, we can, let's go do it. Let's take the next mountain. I thought, this is a good life. I like this one. He's challenging me. I'm not having to go backwards, <laughs> okay? It's the exact opposite. Hallelujah. All right. So I want to leave you with the scripture here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, as we finish. I could say so much more, but... Paul says in Galatians 5, 1, So Christ has really set us free. Christ has really set us free. I'm reading from the new, uh, I think this is the new King James. I don't know. It doesn't sound like that. Add self-effort and any kind of 
labor and heavy burden. Okay, be careful you don't go reattach. Because sadly, a lot of people do that. They get free and they go back into bondage because they leave the Lord. They leave the thing that caused them to be free because they're free now. See, we don't need that anymore. And it really saddens me for people that do that. Stay with him. Whoever set you free, you need him to keep you free. Amen? All right. (laughs) It takes effort to keep your connection to God. And do as Christ said. And let me read this for the last time. When he says again, Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father.